Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, what the... The Lakers lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder once again, blowing this time a 19-point lead, so technically progress in that they didn't blow as large a lead as they did the first time, though I guess the counterpoint is that they didn't build uh, as big a lead as they did the first time, so maybe they have made negative. I, I don't know. Math is hard. But they lose 107 to 104, uh, this time at home. And I think to me what is the most frustrating about this loss uh, and there's plenty to be frustrated about but to me what is the most frustrated uh, frustrating thing about this loss is that this was a team that embarrassed the Lakers right so much so that Russell Westbrook got thrown out of a game in Oklahoma City like he, he he took a couple technical fouls got into a fight got thrown out and the Lakers came out swinging they played well in the first uh, quarter or so. Uh, they outscored OKC in the first quarter, 25-21. Second quarter, they played even. Third quarter, 24-28. At one point, like I said, held a 19-point lead. So, like, they, there were good things about this. And, and it was, once again, uh, the Lakers taking it to OKC. But then the game switched. And it was much of the same script. And for an older team that should have, you know, instead of, we saw LeBron already tell uh, somebody from the Suns, stay humble. We, we, we've we seen Russ pick a fight with uh, Baisley. We, we've seen uh, the, the, the Lakers now, uh, Frank Vogel complained about uh, free throws. And, and so we've seen like a lot of complaining. We've seen a lot of fight on, <laughs> in that regard. But when it comes to actually like, like actually beating the shit out of somebody like the Lakers haven't done it. They just, they just, uh, the games that they have won, it has been close. The games that they have lost, they, you know, but there have been a couple close losses, but they've also lost soundly. So I, I, I find myself with this one. I was hoping heading into it. And I did a show, uh, with John Hamm on, on his, uh, podcast. Uh, and, and, and he, not that John Hamm, if you guys <laughs> John Hamm, who covers the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I, I did a show with him, and I said heading into it, it's going to be really interesting to see whether the Lakers take it upon themselves to extinguish any amount of doubt, given the way that the last time they played against the Thunder went, and they didn't. And not only did they not extinguish that doubt, but I would say they increased the amount of doubt that we have about this team, and that's that's a little... That, 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 that rages the old uh, blood pressure. Normally, I start with the good from this one. And statistically, there is some good, right? Davis goes for 29 and 18. Uh, Russell Westbrook goes for 27, 6, and 5. Both those guys shoot uh, around 50%. Davis goes just slightly above 50%, 11 of 20 from the field. Russ goes 10 of 23 from the field. So, like, statistically, there's some... There's some stuff that you would look at this game and you'd say, oh, all right. If that's what those guys did, the Lakers probably should have won. Nope, they did not. And and you look at the other guys, like Kent Bazemore only played uh, 22 minutes, only committed the one foul, so it's not foul-related, didn't get hurt. And the reason he only played 22 minutes is because he's been bad. He was a minus 12 in those 22 minutes. 
Uh, DeAndre Jordan played 14 minutes in this one. Not in foul trouble. Uh, only picked up the one foul. But he only played 14 minutes because that's literally the most he can probably play at this stage of his career. Dwight Howard played eight minutes in this one, was a plus eight in those minutes, but had to sit down because his neck, I think, is probably still bugging him. Otherwise, he would have continued to play. Uh, and and so, like, you know, if you just look at those things, you say, oh, all right, yeah, the Lakers probably had a chance at winning this one, except you look at, like, the negative things, right? Rajon Rondo in 15 minutes was a minus seven. Wayne Ellington hopped out there and shouldn't have. He was a minus three. Uh, and and <laughs> for some reason, Anthony Davis was a game-high minus 14, even though in the first half he was really dominating, and that stat line would say, oh, every time he was on the court, he was the best player out there, right? And it was just, it's it was a really weird game. It was a really re- weird vibe to it, and it's a really weird vibe to the start of the season where the Lakers are trying to patchwork and Jerry Rigger rotation that just isn't there. And that brings me, quite frankly, to the biggest and honestly last point on this game because I don't want to harp on it too long. But the rotation isn't there because the players aren't there. In 2021, the most important role player that you could probably have is a, a wing who can knock down three-pointers, right? A 3 and D wing. A bigger, you know, probably preferably 6, 7 and up and uh, relatively athletic at least, somebody who can go out there and knock down shots and be decent on the other end of the court. Um, the better that they are on either of those things, obviously the better. While, while not being a disaster on whatever the other side of the court is that they are weaker on. And, and that's really like, you look at the Lakers role players right now, right? Kent Bazemore, solid-ish defender, awful def- offensively so far this year. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, been phenomenal offensively this year, but, you know, not a defender. Rajon Rondo, by reputation, somebody who helps your offense, but also awful defender. Avery Bradley, somebody who the Lakers found on the scrap heap for a reason, and he's decent enough defensively, but offensively, you know, there are stretches of the game where you forget that he's out there. Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan. Those guys at one point were effective on both ends of the court, but now it's kind of hard to figure out where they're effective right now. De- Dwight is banged up, and DeAndre Jordan is only good for one jump per possession. It's just, it's just you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, and right now LeBron is hurt, so some of the analysis and some of the evaluation here is is going to be not quite up to par. But you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, and in this one you had Le- uh, you had Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, great offensive game, like by his standards this year. Uh, four turnovers is a little higher, whatever. But you know what? You, you, given the number of decisions he makes over the course of a game, four turnovers isn't that bad. Offensively, he was fine. Defensively, watch him off the ball. See how that goes for you. And it's just, it's just where this team is right now, the solutions need to start showing up. One of them was supposed to be Wayne Ellington and maybe he just doesn't have his legs under him, but that was kind of brutal to watch. Maybe it's Kendrick Nunn when he comes back in in a week or so. Maybe it's Taylor Horton Tucker. Maybe it's Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza is 36 years old and he's going to be coming off of surgery. Taylor Horton Tucker is, is, is 21 years old. 
relatively unproven, also coming off of surgery, playing likely out of position because the Lakers don't have anybody wing-sized. Kendrick Nunn has been up and down. Ask any Heat fan. He has been up and down his entire career, and the Lakers are really going to be leaning on him to be better than Malik Monk, who has fallen off of a cliff, better than, I guess, Avery Bradley or Rajon Rondo, low bar, but capable as a starting de facto point guard. And maybe those things play out that way. Altogether possible. You know, those guys, Trevor Ariza was still a very capable professional basketball player last year. Taylor Horton Tucker does have quite a bit of potential. Kendrick Nunn, for all his inconsistencies, is a net positive. So maybe those guys come in here and maybe they figure these things out. Maybe LeBron James and Anthony Davis miss less time than you think heading into it. LeBron is out one or two weeks. Well, <laughs> Anthony Davis didn't exactly sound confident about his availability given this thumb strain that he's now dealing with. And maybe everything just plays out perfectly. In which case, I sit here happily and I call myself an idiot. But if they don't, somebody needs to be held accountable. And it's probably going to be Frank Vogel. I don't think he lasts this season. But he would be your, your prototypical, stereotypical scapegoat. The people who should be held accountable for the way that this season has played out thus far are the people who put this team together. And the people who told the people who put this team together, hey, we have to watch our spending despite being on the verge of potentially winning a championship. Those are the people that we should be pissed at right now. It's just a matter of how pissed we actually have to be moving forward. All right, I promised it on the Lakers Lounge. I promised it on my Twitter feed. So I'm going to formally announce something that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, And it might be a disaster given the way that this Lakers season has gone, but I'm really excited about this project. So we are going to be launching the Pressure Cooker. And this is going to be taking place on nationally televised Lakers games. And it's going to be the last five minutes of those Lakers games. I'm just going to hop on here and we're going to watch those last five minutes together. And you're going to see how I watch those games and how I react to those games in in <laughs> live and in color. I'm terrified about this because, you know, there are some nights where uh, I... I say things about the Lakers. You, you guys see my Twitter feed. It's not exactly predictable. Or it is predictable in an unpredictable way. Or it's predictable in like a doomsday way. However you want to look at this. But the Lakers play November 10th on ESPN. And that's going to be the first time that we unveil this. It's going to be the pressure cooker. You're going to be able to find the links to it on YouTube, on Silver Screen and Rolls Facebook, on Silver Screen and Rolls Twitter, um, on my Twitter and Facebook pages. Uh, at which you can follow all of that stuff, and we're just going to watch that stuff together. There's going to be a comment section, um, depending on how long some of these take. The reason I'm doing the five minutes worth is because it's typically you know a little faster moving, and it's a little bit more emotional. More people are paying attention to it, so that's that's what we're going to be doing there. And and you know we'll we'll develop this over the course of the year. It is going to be a moving target. The first show here might get kind of rough in terms of, of, of the way the execution of this thing and how we finish this scene, this thing at the end of the year might not look the way that it looked from the get-go. But I am really, really excited about this. I can't wait to watch these games with you. Again, that is the pressure cooker, and you're going to hear more about it in the days leading up to this thing getting going in five days next Wednesday. Let's get to it.
Until all of that, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.